Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 through 1999 under the legendary coach Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Grant Jordan uniforms during my time. If you get a chance, make sure you log on to The Athletic and read the article by Justin Williams that he just recently did. He interviewed me, and we talk about that time period um, during the late 90s in which the Bearcats wore that, that those brand Jordan uniforms, the Jordan shoes. He interviewed uh, Bob Huggins, myself, and just a lot of people involved with that era. It is an excellent article. I had people from all over the country uh, giving me a shout out, talking to me about the the article. So very, very well done. Check it out on The Athletic, uh, Justin Williams. Now, thanks to all the fans out there for listening to the podcast. The last episode with Charles Williams was huge. Now, Charles Williams is from South Central California. So when I tweeted uh, the, the episode out and Charles retweeted it and, and people in California started to pick it up and people from all around the country that know Charles started to retweet it and you know how it works now with the social media. It just grows legs of its own. So the, the episode really went all over the country and it was really cool to hear from just a lot of people and see some basketball names from back in the 90s who had a chance to listen to it that, that knew Charles. So just a huge shout out to Charles Williams for coming on and talking about his story. And we're even talking about doing a part two because there's more to his story. So stay tuned for that. Now, this episode um, is just going to be strictly uh, me talking about Bearcat basketball. There's, there's not going to be an interview this week because I really want the Charles Williams story to, to kind of marinate a little bit more and, and people really to, to dive into that. I, I think that um, highly of his story. So uh, we're going to come back next week with an interview. Uh, I got another former player that I talked to who's definitely willing to uh, come on, and I'm going to kind of segue at the end of this podcast into who that might be. Now, uh, oh yeah, by the way, uh, starting tomorrow, for those that are in Cincinnati, uh, I'll be on Channel 5 every Friday night. Uh, I am the basketball insider here for WLWT, our NBC affiliate, and I come on and talk about high school basketball in the area, talk about some of the top players, uh, top teams. I also talk about um, players that have gone on to play in college, uh, professionally. Talk about Jackson Hayes, who played at Moeller, went to Texas, and is now doing amazing things in the NBA for the Pelicans. So I uh, talk about all those different type of things. So if you get a chance, Friday night, I know it's late, uh, about 11.15 on uh, WLWT uh, here in Cincinnati. So you can follow me on social media. Here's some of my different social media outlets. Uh, of course, I'm on I'm on Facebook for all the old heads out there. Alex Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. For the young heads, I'm on Snapchat, uh, Big Meach 41 uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, Alex underscore Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. And for all those professionals out there, I'm on LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. So uh, before I get into what I want to talk about for this particular um, episode, we're getting close to the holidays. Uh, excited for Christmas. It's cold here in Cincinnati, so I'm ready for a getaway. 
Uh, next Saturday, I'm getting ready to take off for Florida. My uh, brother and uh, his family live in Gainesville, Florida. He works for the Florida Gators Athletic Department with the Florida football team. Uh, a bunch of my buddies are coaching at the University of Florida for basketball currently, so I'm real close to the Florida basketball staff, and I'll get a chance to go down there. And I usually get to check out a game. I won't this time because of the way the, the schedule falls, but I'll be able to go to practice. And it's kind of cool because – you know, I'm here in Cincinnati. I'll get a chance to go to the uh, Bearcat practices, watch them, and then to go down to Florida and watch them practice it and see the two different styles of coaching. Um, and, and both teams obviously have tremendous athletes. So that's always cool to see the different styles and um, high-level programs. After I get back from Florida, I'm fortunate enough I'll be flying out to Arizona. Uh, Sean Miller used to be the uh, Xavier coach and now obviously the Arizona Wildcats head coach. I've known him for years and I always try to go out to Arizona and catch a game. He hired my good friend uh, Danny Peters as his assistant coach and he and I have remained very, very good friends. His father, Dan Peters, coached under Huggins for the Bearcats. So that's how Danny and I know each other. So I'm going to go out and check out the uh, Arizona-Arizona State game, which obviously is a big rivalry game. Uh, there on that side of the map. So, um, quickly, shout out to a couple schools here. Uh, LaSalle High School. Shout out LaSalle High School and their football team for winning the state tournament. Uh, had a tremendous run uh, this year. Covcath, right over the river in northern Kentucky. They won a state tournament. Another tremendous run. Uh, Wyoming High School. Uh, also had a run. They, they fell short of winning, uh, making it to the state championship and winning. Um, they have a young man, Evan Prater, who is a, is a tremendous basketball player here in uh, Cincinnati in high school basketball and is going to University of Cincinnati as a football player next year. And I've talked to Evan, and I've told Evan, listen, I know you're going to UC for football, but folks, when I tell you Evan Prater is one of the most athletic kids on the basketball court, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I told Evan, if you get an opportunity next year, you should try to play basketball as well. I know you're coming here for football, but we've had guys do it before. We've had Connor Barwin play football and basketball. We've we've had people do that before. Uh, Steve Sanders, uh, walk-on, who hit the big shot against Minnesota back in the day when we opened up the Fifth Third Arena, the Shoemaker Center at the time. So, um, it can be done. I'd love to see him play both football and basketball. I'm not sure if it's if it's in the cards form or how that'll work out. Um, also, shout out to Elder High School. Elder lost um, in the uh, state tournament. I was hoping they won. If we would have had Elder, LaSalle, Cuffcath, and Wyoming all win state championships, that's just a testament to the type of not only uh, kids and football programs we have here in Cincinnati, but also coaching staffs and, and just culture that's built in Cincinnati around uh, football. So, uh, hey, enough about football. Let's talk about why we're here. Talk a little bit about Bearcat basketball. Now, recently, I was at the Crosstown Shootout VIP dinner downtown. Coach Brandon, uh, Coach Steele were there. And somehow, someway, I ended up with an autographed basketball, a Crosstown Shootout Skyline basketball from Coach Brandon and Coach Steele, and I want to do a giveaway. So I'm going to give that away to a fan um, that listens to the podcast. So I need everybody to uh, check into Twitter 
and I will release the information on how to win that basketball, and hopefully I could get it to somebody before uh, the holidays happen here, and it could be given away as a, as a gift. So I have a Crosstown Shootout Skyline Basketball signed by Coach Brandon and Coach Steele, and I'll do a giveaway on Twitter very soon. So now, here's what we're going to cover for this episode. I'm going to talk about the Crosstown Shootout. I'm going to also talk about the next three games that – I call a mini season. Uh, talk about the Colgate, Tennessee, and Iowa game, which I think will be one of the toughest, most important stretches for UC basketball currently. This is an important stretch for them. And then we'll get into our beast of the week. Um, and that's a player that's um, exemplified, um, you know, just tremendous uh, either attitude, skill, whatever on the court. Uh, for the week, our past winners, uh, Big Chris Volt was um, the first week, Keith Williams, and then I'll announce uh, the uh, the winner for this week. So jumping into the Crosstown Shootout. So for, for those that have never actually been to the Centos Center for Crosstown Shootout, and I have, uh, fortunately, uh, I have a very, very good friend uh, named Jack Overbeck, um, and those that are kind of tied into uh, Xavier, no Jack Overbeck. A uh, very good friend of mine, longtime season ticket holder uh, for Xavier, a tremendous, tremendous person, very philanthropic um, in the Cincinnati area, longtime Kroger executive. And uh, Jack has taken me to the Crosstown shootout at Xavier since the Centos has uh, been open. So I'm really appreciative of that. And he did the same for me again this year. And if for those that have not been there and have watched it on TV, the Centos Center is a, one of the toughest places to play in, in, I think, in college basketball, and especially for that game. And, um, you know, I've been talking to different fans uh, throughout the course of the week since the game, and, and people are like, you know, Xavier really takes that game seriously. Um, you know, do, do the Bearcat and the Bearcat fans take that game as serious um, as Xavier? And I'm, I'm not here to say Bearcats don't, but when you go to the Centos Center, it's, it is a Super Bowl. I mean, it is a very, very tough place to pe play. Um, now, I know that uh, some Bearcat fans have not had um, great experiences going to the Crosstown shootout. Obviously, there was the fight some years back, and I hate bringing up that that fight from back in the day. But um, they're just fans that ha you know have had you know bad experiences, don't want to go back to the Centos Center. And I'm here to say, um, this past shootout, uh, I was right there fourth row amongst tons of Xavier season ticket holders, diehard fans, and everyone was great and was just treated me with so much respect um, as I, you know, tried to give them respect right back. You know, I, I'm one of those guys that go, I don't act a fool there, you know, when I'm in an away game cheering for my team. Of course I cheer for my Bearcats, and I let it be known that I'm cheering for my Bearcats, but I'm not, you know, acting a fool and causing issues. Um, I had Xavier fans come over and that I didn't know and talk to me uh, about this year's Bearcat team, how much they like Coach Brandon. Um, you know, talk to me, hey, how's Mick doing? You know, watch some of his games uh, on TV. And so, I mean, just everybody was really, really nice. So that that made for an enjoyable uh, shootout from that perspective. And and and, and this is the other thing too. I want to tell fans is as we obviously are, are bitter rivals. 
with Xavier. Um, I do have a tremendous amount of respect for Xavier as a program. Uh, Travis Steele, who I've known for a long time, uh, Travis is a tremendous guy. Uh, I, I, I go back to when he was in um, Indiana. He's coached AU. I have an AU program. I've known him for a long time. Really, really good dude. And it's always good to see um, an area program coached by a good dude. And, and they obviously play at a very, very high level. Um, Sam Frere, who's a grad assistant at Xavier. Uh, Trey Scott, who's a video coordinator, know very well. Bob Colehep, who's one of the um, great, great people that have been involved in the building and branding of Xavier Sports. Um, Bob Colehep, longtime CEO of the Centos Corporation, is a very, very good friend of mine. I've known uh, Mr. Colehep for a long time, and he is a tremendous human being. Um, the things he's done for not only Xavier basketball, but I think just our community, um, philanthropically, just giving back. He is he is gold. Very very important person to I think our community. Uh, Byron Larkin and uh, Joe Sunderman, who do the radio. Obviously, Byron Larkin, we know that Larkins are one of the great sports families of uh, Cincinnati, and Joe Sunderman is a Hall of Famer, and the, the, those two guys are, I know them very well. They're, they're just great, great people, and I always enjoy uh, talking to them. But at the same time, as I, as I talk about all my respect uh, for Xavier and those people there, I still want to go in and kick their butt every year, and I don't like uh, when we lose. And, and, and still to this day, I go into that game always very, very concerned um, when we go play at the Centos Center. It's a tough place to play. And so as I'm going into the Centos this year and I'm I'm sitting down, I'm thinking about what the Bearcats need to do, a couple things ran through my mind. Um, and having watched a lot of shootouts at the Centos, one of the things that runs through my mind, we need to score and score early. Um, you know, if we go through stretches early on where we're not scoring at all, just like um, the last time we played at the Centos, we went, you know, for a while uh, without scoring too many droughts. That's just, you know, doesn't doesn't bode well for us. Um, also limiting our turnovers. I think turnovers have been an issue um, in the shootout. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, we got to score early. Let's limit these turnovers and let's be sound defensively. And I knew Xavier um, coming going into that game is going to be a very good defensive team. That's that's what they've been doing thus far. Um, offensively, they haven't been um, scoring at the level that Xavier basketball has in the past. So my thought is we can heat them up defensively and get them to turn the ball over a little bit more. So if we can do those three things, I'm, I'm confident we can win this basketball game. So I'm sitting there thinking like, the Bearcats are going to win this basketball team. I had convinced myself before tip-off, we are going to win this basketball game. Um, but I'm here to tell you, the Bearcats lost that basketball game uh, f for, in, in my opinion, one reason. And that one reason is junior Najee Marshall. He took over that game. Um, hats off to a great performance. Uh, as much as I, you know, being a Bearcat guy, you know, you don't want to see that. Um, well, I forget how many years ago it was. Uh, Trayvon Blewett had like 40 points at fifth third, and, and he was, I mean, he was unbelievable that game. You know, I want it to be our guy. I want it to be Jaron Cumberland or Javen Cumberland or someone on our side to have one of those um, huge games. But 
it just so happened it was was Najee Marshall and um he really killed us I mean he's hitting three-point shots that he's not making this season now there's a difference there's a difference between someone that doesn't make threes and somebody that's capable of making threes and they're just not making threes Najee's capable of making threes he just hasn't made threes this season so of course we kind of know how things roll uh whenever whenever the shootout happens Xavier for whatever reason make shots right it's like they don't make shots before and then all of a sudden they shoot a season high it's 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 unbelievable and and, and Najee was uh, he did that to us so but I mean, look look at the first half. I mean, it was 29-32, uh, right? First half. Um, I thought we played well enough. You know, they struck, we struck back. I thought we kept fighting. One of the keys was Tyreek Jones was in foul trouble early. And when he went into foul trouble, I said, man, that's that's their tough dude. And you take their tough dude out of it. I think we can. I think we can do some damage here. Get the ball low to Chris. Let Chris operate. As soon as Tyreek gets in foul trouble and he's out, first possession, we go to Chris. Boom. He scores right away. And I'm sitting here going, that ball's got to go to Chris every single time. Take advantage of that. And I didn't think we did that enough. I thought there were opportunities where we took tough shots when we could have dumped it into Chris Got a dub. They had to. They have to double off to 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 double on to Chris. They have to, and that leaves guys open. You leave open Jaron, Javen, uh, Trey Scott, depending on what spot on the court he's at. If he's in the high pinch post, he's on the opposite block. And Chris is a willing passer. So, and that's something I'm talking about moving forward. The Bearcat, this Bearcat basketball team, has to get the ball in the post to Chris a lot more. Now, look at this. We lost the first half. Uh, we lost it by three. Okay, so we're down by three. We lose the second half by four. And we did all that, and I didn't think we played amazingly amazingly well. Um, statistically, you know, if you look at them, Xavier didn't really kill us other than turnovers. I think it was 17 to 11. My memory serves me correct. I need to pull up the stats, but I think we had 17 turnovers. They had 11, and that's a killer right there. You know, I've talked about this before on previous uh, podcasts. Huggins always had this. He, he just had this goal. If we have 10 turnovers or less, we win the basketball game. And when you, have, when you turn it over 17 times, especially when you're on the road in a hostile environment, that's not a good recipe there for uh, victory for the Bearcats. But at the end of the day, Najee Marshall was uh, the differences. A lot of, if you go back and look at a lot of those statistics, they kind of um, even out. But Najee definitely was uh, the difference in that game. Um, Keith Williams, I mean, wow. From, from where I sat, some of the athletic plays that Keith Williams made during that game, Xavier fans were looking at me like, what? Like, that is insane. And he skied for some rebounds, um, got the rebounds, shot right back up, um, some tough blocks. Um, Keith Williams is really – he's really adapted to this system. Like this system has really helped his game out. And, I mean, right now, Keith Williams is our best player. 
no question. Um, obviously, Jaron should be our best player, and I'm going to dive into that shortly. But Keith Williams right now is our best basketball player. Uh, statistically, Trey Scott did not um, do much if you look at the stats, but at the same time, he did do a lot. Uh, I think he had two points, uh, three blocks, three steals. But those three blocks and those three steals were – uh, during times in which Xavier was trying to make a run, we were making a run. Uh, some of those blocks he had were were, were awesome. So uh, Trey does a lot of things that don't show up statistically that it might not hit you until after the game and you're kind of processing what happened that, oh, man, Trey Scott did some, did some great things this game. Now, if Trey can put together all those things I just talked about, the small things, and also – uh, start to stuff the stats a little bit more, rebounds and scoring. Uh, I, I just think this this team's really, really going to take off. Um, how about Javon Cumberland? He had 14 points on ten of uh, two of ten shooting. Uh, a lot of his points were at the free throw line, and I, I think he had some nerves um, in that game. And it's it's easy to be. I don't care how good of a player you are, how many games you played prior to that game, you get nervous. You're a human being, and you know, you could see some nerves from where I was sitting. Um, I really hope Javen settles in uh, these next couple games and really starts playing at the level that I think he's capable of. And I'm telling you, I've been to practices. This kid can flat out shoot and play. Um, we need more from Chris McNeil. Uh, I went down to practice on Friday before the shootout, and I sat and talked with Chris McNeil for about 20 minutes. And um, I think just like any other player, you've got your ups and downs, your struggles. And, you know, he talked to me a little bit about, um, you know, he really loves this team and is really happy of the success that the team's having. Um, and he wants to play better in some areas to help the team perform even better. Because I told Chris, I think – we are a better basketball team when Chris is playing well and he's the leader. And I said, Chris, whatever you need to do to get back to that guy we saw versus Ohio State, you find that mental place to get back to that. Think about what your routine was going into that, where you were mentally. Let's get back to that place. And I think this Bearcat team will take off even more. I think very, very highly of Chris McNeil. Um, so that leads me to say a lot of people have been talking about Mike Adams Woods and his play and how, you know, a lot of fans think he should be the starting point guard right now. And I'm here to tell you, uh, in my first podcast on my first episode, I did not think, uh, Michael would have the impact he's had thus far. Um, and I, I tell you why, as, as, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I go to practice at least once a week or I try to be down there as much as possible. And um, Micah just struggled in practices. And that's natural for a freshman, a new player. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle learning the system, the speed, the strength. And he really struggled. And so what I saw at practice didn't translate to a kid that I could see playing major minutes and doing big things this season. So I didn't really factor him in. I factored him in to be a future uh, high-level basketball player uh, for the Bearcats. But, man, was I wrong. This kid has really, really come on. He's definitely a gamer. And if you watch that Crosstown shootout, how composed he was. Like, from where I was sitting, Michael was not nervous at all. He he was ready to play that, that game. Um, I was very, very impressed with him. And if he continues to practice well, I see no reason why he can't be the starting guard. 
Um, Chris could come off the bench and kind of get back and get his mojo back if that makes him at ease. Um, and, and just to have those two playing at a high level will really help this basketball team out a lot. Uh, like I said before, though, um, we need to get the ball to Chris more, uh, get the ball down to Chris in the post, um, and that opens it up for our, you know a lot of guys. I know we've we've put Bearcats have put Chris in a uh, screen and roll situation with Jaron and other guys, which I think is smart and brilliant. Um, but we've got to get him. We got to flat out get him the ball and and really use those those ball screens better. Which leads me to talk about Jaron Cumberland. Um, it seems like every game Jaron Cumberland's the the hot topic, whether it's injury or um, he's getting benched, coach's decision, or whatever the case might be. Um, he's one of the, the most popular asked questions on Twitter uh, from Bearcat fans to me. What's wrong with Jaron Cumberland? How hurt is he? Should we shut him down for the rest of the uh, early part of the season? Let him get healthy so we can have him ready for the second part of the season. He doesn't get along with coach. His body language sucks. Uh, you know, all those things. I see those on Twitter. I hear those. They're asking me. Um, like I said, I, and I can't say this enough, Jaron's a great kid. Um, you know, Jaron's battling through a lot of injuries, um, and he was playing hurt. Um, he's played hurt, and he's fighting through that. Is he frustrated? Yes, very. Um, and I, I don't think he's fully um, immersed in this system yet, and I think a lot of that is just not having the reps and, and having the trust yet. Um, I hope we get there at some point soon. And I'm going to say this. And I'm gonna leave it leave it here. Someone asked me, should the Bearcats shut down uh, Jaron for a couple games? Um, I do see a benefit to that, but I think at the end of the day, Jaron just needs reps. Jaron's just got to play. He's got to get his mojo back. We need Jaron being Jaron. Period. To take us to that next level, I think we're a good basketball team. Um, we're very good when Jaron's very good. So. I think he needs to continue to play. I've been to practices, and I, just an insider information, I've not seen the conflicts people keep talking about with him and Coach. Like, when I was at practice on Friday, they were smiling, talking, and he called Jaron over, I need you to do this, this, and that. Jaron was like, all right, Coach. I mean, it was what I've seen before. So, of course, you know, people tweet stuff. Stuff starts to fly. Um, people talking about his body language. And I'm like, have you not watched Jaron for the last three years? Jaron's not had great body language. Not, and that's just how he is. It's just he's a very introverted person, and um, that's how he operates. So, so if he scores, let's just say he's averaging 30 points every game this season, and he has the same body language. Are you going to say he's got bad body language? No, you don't care. He's dropping 30. So he is hurt. He is working through some things. So – um, you know, and I don't know. Let's let's hope let's hope he heals and let's hope he starts uh, g- getting a uh, a better understanding of the system and 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 really having full buy-in. So here here's the most important thing. Moving forward, uh, we've got three very important games, and I keep talking about these mini seasons, these mini seasons within the large season, and these next three games, in my opinion, are crucial games. So the first of the three is versus Colgate, who's seven and four. Now Colgate's played some good competition so far, so playing UC won't be a shock to them. So it's not like Colgate's coming in here and and UC's the best team they've played thus far. 
and they're like completely shocked. They've played good teams. Now they've lost to those good teams, but they've played good competition. So I don't think they'll come in here shocked. So th- there are some questions I think we need to answer this game. Um, okay, who's playing point? Is is Micah going to be moved to the point guard position, move Chris uh, to the bench, have him come off? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know what, what Coach Brandon is going to do. My opinion is if Micah gives some great practices, give him a shot. Let him run. Let, let, let him see how he ignites the offense. And if it works, great. Keep doing that moving forward. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, what do you do with Jaron? Um, do you sit him? Uh, do you play him? My opinion is you play him. He needs reps. He needs time on the court. Um, this game I would like to see versus Colgate. Uh, we need to sustain excellence on defense for longer periods. We need to have a better flow offensively. Um, getting the ball to Chris early and often. I really think if we can really get some steam rolling with this Colgate game, I think there's going to be ups and downs with this Colgate game, but if we can start to get some some good flow, some good mojo going, it's really going to bleed over into the Tennessee game. All right, so let me talk about this Tennessee game. Tennessee is 7 and 1 right now, and I this is this is the game of the year. Uh, for, for in my opinion, for the Bearcats. Of course, Xavier thus far has been the game of the year, but Tennessee is probably the most important game right now. This will be a high-energy game. The, the place is going to be packed. The crowd's going to you know, be totally into it. Um, Tennessee, uh, I believe they lost to Florida State and VCU, who's you know, number 20 in the country. They play Memphis on Saturday, so that's going to be big to see how they either play versus Memphis and how that determines, you know, them coming into uh, uh, the Fifth Third Arena, you know, how mentally, uh, what mental state they're going to be in coming into our game. So that's that's two tough back-to-back games between Memphis and and then coming to play the uh, the, the Bearcats. Um, but the you know the crowd will be a big part of this game, and I'm here to tell you as a former player. Uh, you don't understand how much uh, the fans and our, and our fan base, when when they get rocking, how much it ignites the Bearcat basketball team. When it's a packed house in there and people are going crazy. And the one great thing about, I think, Bearcat fans and just Cincinnati in general, Cincinnati's a very blue-collar town, right? So it's a very, you grind out, you work, you work. So... If you look at the Bearcat basketball team um, over the last, you know, 20 whatever years and just in history, we've always been a grinded out team. So hustle plays, diving on the floor, tough defense has always drawn the loudest applause. When I played, when we got consistent defensive stops, the crowd went crazy. When Kenyon Martin got a gigantic block and blocked it into the stands the place went crazy when Melvin Levitt dove from out of bounds over the score table saved the ball runs back in to get in the play the crowd goes crazy more so than a three-pointer than a dunk and you think those things the three-pointers the dunks the flashy stuff would get the most applause but it's always the hustle grind out things that get the most applause in Fifth Third Arena, it's just because of the town we're in. 
what type of people are in this town. And this is the type of game where we'll have this crowd behind us. This team's got to do those grind-out things to get this crowd fired up. I think this game versus Tennessee is going to be the game that gets this team on track. And I'm telling you right now, fans, this team needs you this game to be loud, to be into it, and, and cheering for those type of possessions. Um, and this game, the Tennessee game, will be huge to lead into the Iowa game. So I, I this Iowa game is going to be a tough one. Um, it's going to be, I think, one of the toughest games thus far for a couple different reasons. It's on a neutral floor. Iowa can really shoot the basketball, and we know that. I mean, that's what Iowa does. Uh, local product, C.J. Frederick, who went to Covington Catholic, plays there. And shout-out C.J. C.J.'s doing a tremendous job. He redshirted last year, and he's coming in, and he's, he's, he's playing great. C.J.'s fun to watch uh, and a great kid. Um, they're a very sound basketball team. They're sound defensively. They're very well coached. Um, I really think this Iowa team can give us fits. I'm, I'm concerned about this game. Um, but I think here's how we win that game. We have to out-tough them. We have to control the glass. We have to create turnovers to win this game. Make them, make them leave that arena. Make Iowa leave that arena and say, damn, that's a tough team. And that's how it was when, when I played with the Bearcats. Like, we would play teams. I'll never forget, we went and played at Rhode Island. Rhode Island had Lamar Odom. And, unfortunately, we know the story of Lamar Odom and his ups and downs. But Catino Mobley, two pros, right? Uh, very good basketball team. When we left Rhode Island, Rhode Island was like, yo, you guys are tough. I remember Catino Mobley saying that. We out-toughed them in every rebounding, forced turnovers. That's what we need to do versus a very skilled Iowa basketball team. Um, so I, I look at this mini-season um, with the Colgate, Tennessee, and Iowa game. I think it could go a couple different ways. Um, if we can get that mojo going, beat Colgate, and that leads into Tennessee, we got the crowd going. I think we can beat Tennessee. That'll, that'll have us 2-0. and And if all those things happen – in that way, I think we win the Iowa game and we're 3-0. and Now, if we're kind of up and down versus Colgate, we don't get that flow going and, and, and more um, you know, longer defensive stops, better flow offensively, I think it's going to be a struggle versus Tennessee. It could be a struggle versus Iowa. We could be 1-2 and two out of that mini season. So I think it could go either way. Um, so, and I know Coach Brandon is a very smart guy. Every time I talk to him, I leave talking to him, learning, you know, something new um, about the game of basketball and how he views it. And uh, I, I know, I know he's looking at these three games and strategizing how to beat these teams. So let's jump into my beast of the week. My beast of the week, I just talked about um, just a couple minutes ago. Micah Adams Woods. He's he's been uh, fantastic. Um, I, I think as of late and like I said I was wrong about his contributions to this team at the start of the season uh, the kid has really stepped up and uh, in that three game mini season just prior to this one um, he stepped up in the UNLV game uh, he stepped up in the Xavier game and I love what this kid 
uh, has for the future for the Bearcat basketball team. So my beast of the week is Micah Adams-Woods. Now, I do want to talk about Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore um, has decided that uh, he's entering the transfer portal and he will no longer be a Bearcat. Uh, Trevor Moore came in and uh, Mick Cronin said that that was the best shooter uh, he's ever recruited. Uh, Trevor Moore never really lived up to that um, best shooter uh, tag that, that Mick had given him. I think a lot of it was was confidence. Um, and he was injured in preseason. And I think he just thought he wasn't going to be in the fold in the plans with uh, Coach Brandon. So, uh, you know, he decided to get into the transfer portal. Um, Trevor and I have had several conversations after practices. Uh, he, he's a really nice kid. I think he was very, very well, very well liked by fans and uh, students at the university. Um, he's got a lot of energy, energy, tremendous personality, and um, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that uh, we really wish Trevor a lot of success wherever he goes. Um, I know a lot of fans sent him tweets. I saw some of them on Twitter, and uh, definitely, definitely uh, very positive. Um, so uh, that concludes. This episode, uh, talked. I had to get through that that crosstown shootout. Uh, talked a little bit more than I thought I was going to talk about, but I got flowing. And looking forward to um, next week's episode as well. I will have a uh, special guest, a former player, uh, that will uh, join me. Um, and for that podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about. The Great Alaska Shootout from 1998. So one of the members of that team, who's my teammate, who was involved in that last play, will join us on the podcast. So I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter, IG, at Alex underscore Meacham and I'll be giving away the Crosstown Shootout signed basketball from John Brandon and Coach Travis Steele uh, via Twitter. Until next episode, go Bearcats. <laughs>